Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. I don't know if you get the call. Like, that's so cliche. I, I got the call that she says she's pregnant. I don't, I don't know what the situation was, but what, however you got the, the message. That actually, like, it, was, it was crazy because we was into it. Let's talk about it. Oh, okay. No, we was into okay. it. We, were, we, we was really into it. Um, I can't remember what we was into it about, but like, uh, we was definitely into it and um, she was supposed to be leaving. Um. Yeah, she was supposed to be leaving. She said she was moving to Houston and stuff like that, you know, for her oh, job. Leaving, gone, gone. Gone, gone. Not going somewhere and coming yeah, back. Yeah, but see, <laughs> she like, right. yeah, she, like, yeah, but she didn't know either at the time. Like, gotcha. but like, you know, that that night we was into it, she she knew she was pregnant then, you know what okay. I'm saying? But she had already said she was going to Houston before she found out. Yeah. So like this night she was just like, because we got into it and she was like, she just leaving this and that. So like, I, I really remember, I, I remember pulling up and it was her and her mom uh, getting in the car and he was putting stuff in the car. And like, as I was pulling up, she was just going off or whatever. And uh, I was I was getting out of the car. I went out too, and then she was like, she leaving, and she was like, oh yeah, and I left your ass something on the counter. Ooh, and I get up there, it was a whole pregnancy test, mm. and it was like a let's 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 make this work. Don't leave, don't go nowhere. That you was your position. Yeah, once gotcha. I found out, like I'm gonna have a child. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. All right, let's get it. Welcome to the Dear Son Show's conversation about fatherhood. Forefathers, those with fathers, and the fatherless. So nobody's left out. Lucky for you, it's not just me on the show tonight. We got a great guest. Had to tap in with the younger generation one more time, man. We got Mr. JB, the barber. Welcome to the Dear Son Show. Yes, sir. Appreciate How you. How are you, me. my brother? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Everything great? You. Are you all right? Yeah. Man, I'm enjoying this facility, man. This, this is a... Uh, this is a dream that I had at one time to open the barbershop. Yeah. So I love to see young brothers actually making it happen, man. Appreciate you. How long has the shop been open? Um, it's been open since uh, February 2018. Okay. So I'm going on my fifth year right now. Yeah. How long you been cutting? <clears throat> wow. Uh, 
I've been cutting a long time, man, since like 04. Yeah. I was like a freshman in high school, but I was raised around him. My pops, he got a barbershop. Okay. Uh, so like I've been in the barbershop since I was uh, probably like shit, six, seven. Yeah. Maybe even younger. But yeah. That's what I can remember. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're here, we're here in Texas now. We're in uh Arlington, uh part of the the DFW area. Did you grow up here? Um, yeah. Okay. I've been here since 03. Okay. So yeah, this, man, is, see, this is basically like oh uh, these years throwing me, man, because 03, I was I was almost married. So when you say 03, I'm like, man, that's, that's I, I was I was a full ago. full grown adult in 03. But that's when that's when you came? Yeah, I came in here 03. Uh, was, I was like, however old you is when you're in eighth grade. I was going to the yeah. eighth grade when I moved out here. So okay. yeah, and like I said, I'm 32, about to go be 33. So yeah. I've been out here for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're from originally oh, from, from Arkansas. I'm originally from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Do you remember much about that? Uh yeah, I remember life. Yeah. I was going home every summer. Every chance I got to go home, I went home. Okay. Cause I, I, I didn't want to move. Gotcha. You know? like, Why? I was like, I don't know, you know. Like all my friends was there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All my family was there. And you know, uh I'm glad. I'm glad my mom packed up and moved now. Right. Because it ain't it's nothing, it's nothing going on out there. You know what I'm saying? It's still home. I love it. But you know, it's better opportunities out here. So I'm glad that, you know, she moved us out of that, you gotcha. know, when we was younger. So how big is your family? I had a pretty big family. Yeah. Yeah. Where do, where do you fit in a, in in the order of like how many brothers and sisters do you have? Um, I got one sister, I have one brother. Okay. Um Where do you where do you I'm the oldest. Oh. Okay. I'm the oldest, yeah. Okay. And then it's my brother and it's my sister. And yeah. we all like back to back. Gotcha. What was uh what was life like in, in uh they call it the bluff? The bluff. Am I out of pocket for calling it the nah, bluff? Uh-uh. They say the bluff. I mean life in the bluff. That I can remember as a kid, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like it was fun. Okay, it's fun times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just being going going to the mall on Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, Sunday skate rink. Yeah. Like ATL, like Cascade. That's how we did it at home. So like it was fun, man. You know. Uh, but like you know, once I moved out, I had to go back every summer to to get that. But I, as I got older, I started realizing a lot of stuff, and I started being out here more. Yeah, I love being out here. Uh, and back home, it just it just got crazy. It's the younger the younger kids. Like you say that you know what I'm yeah. saying you brought the younger generation on the show today. Yeah. But you know, like my soul old, so I just be gotcha. feeling like you know the generation now. Yeah. Man, them, them, Out of them boys they they don't play. You know. What was the transition like when you uh when you came out here eighth grade? That's kind of like I remember eighth grade and the transition for me. That I didn't necessarily move, but I started going to public school in ninth grade. Yeah, like my parents are very were very religious and they were trying to scrape and make sacrifices to put me in Christian schools, small Christian schools, and then I went to public school and lost my mind. So the transition. So what? This is like my first time ever saying this in an interview. But a lot of people don't know is I left. I left Arkansas in 99. Okay. Uh, I was 10. I moved here in 03. So the three years in between, I moved to Nebraska. What was I that like? On that, man. So growing up in Pine Bluff, it's just, 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 it's just the hood. It's nothing yeah. but black people. You know what I'm saying? It's just the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I said, it's home. I love it. That's that's all I knew. You right. know what I'm saying? From growing up. And uh, we moved from there to Bellevue, Nebraska. I was the only black kid in my class 
So Bellevue, I know because that was that was the where base. my grad school was. Oh, okay. Bellevue University. Yeah. I, I was pursuing grad school. That's the only thing I knew about Nebraska, and the only reason I had to know anything uh -huh. about Nebraska. Yeah. But what were those three years like? That that sounds like a big, it, a big it, shift. It was a big shift. Like I said, I was the the only black kid in my class, man. And I was like, okay, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I stayed. Uh, we we stayed in, in Bellevue, but like we ended up moving to. Uh, Omaha. Gotcha. And then at this time, man, it was no black radio station. So like, you know, I love music. I okay. do music also, you know right, what I'm right. saying? So at this time, I was able to learn like the the uh uh Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, <laughs> Aaron Carter's, Britney Spears, all yeah. them, Christina Aguilera, all that, you know what I'm saying? Um and then like we ended up moving to Omaha, uh, which is it's not far. It's probably like 20 minutes away. I still went to school in Bellevue or whatever. But uh, Omaha was the hood. Really? So I felt, you know what I'm saying, a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, it's cool. And then I was getting used to it at the time. And then out of nowhere, she said, we're moving to Texas. And the only thing I knew about Texas was, oh, we're going to move with the, the Hispanics, the Mexicans now. So I'm like, yeah. just take me back home. Right. But then once I got out here, I seen it wasn't just that. You know, like, I ain't, where you from? I'm from Virginia. From Virginia. Yeah. Okay, so like I never been to Texas and then like all I see on TV is Hispanics and Cowboys. Right. So that's what I thought. Right, right. But and then, you're you know, young. So that's yeah, what that's and I'm young, so I don't really know, you know. But um I came out here, my first year was cool, and I grew to love it. I love it, bro. Like this is this is like I said, this is home. I'm so glad we came here. Yeah, I I'm glad too, man, because my we I think I mentioned before we got on got on camera. I got five kids, right? And we mm -hmm. we moved around because of my job, like every couple of years. Even if we didn't move out of a city, yeah, we would move into another house. So it was another school system and mm -hmm. all of that. So the joke was, my kids are from nowhere. Yeah. So this is kind of home for them, and I and I'm glad to see them settle. And I like the pace of it. I want to go back to something you said though. You you said when you moved to Omaha, that was more like the hood. Yeah. And you felt more comfortable there. Mm -hmm. Was that because? Pine Bluff or? Yeah, you know, like just being born in Pine Bluff and only thing I know is this type of environment. Yeah. And then just out of nowhere, I go to this other type of environment. And I was like, how do I fit in? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not saying like, you know, did people you, was racist or nothing. Like I always been a cool, I always been a cool kid. Gotcha. At every school. Gotcha. Like I was cool with everybody. I always been the popular one, you know what I'm saying? With, with everyone, you yeah. know, even the kids that was being bullied and picked on, I was cool with them. Gotcha. You know, like, yeah. So just to fit in an environment, you know, uh, I did. And then uh, I had a couple of issues, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? But <clears throat> that that was cool. So when we actually moved to Omaha, we moved to like the hood part of Omaha. So yeah. like I went to school still over here, but like when I came home, I got to go outside and play with my, you know what I'm saying, my homeboys. And yeah. it was cool, you know? And then, you know, like I said, we came here to Texas and, the people that I met soon as I moved here, I still rock with them today. Dope. So you um you said something about you you you're glad that your mom packed up. How where in what parts of your life was your father in the picture? Is he still in the picture? No, my my, my father my father's been in the picture. Okay. My, my father's been in the picture since day one. Was he part of these moves or was it <laughs> Nah okay. uh, they, they, that's, that's they what I'm saying. That's probably nah, a better yeah. way to ask it. Yeah. yeah, nah, nah. They had they they hadn't been together and then like that, but okay. um I I got a I got a great father. What's your relationship like with him? Like we cool. Yeah. We cool. We real cool. You know what I'm saying? Um we don't talk all the time now. Mm -hmm. You know, uh we done had our 
our issues with sure. each other, stuff like that. But you know, uh, I mean, son, he respect me as a man now. You know, all the, all this I got is because of him. Say more. This is this is this is this is what I grew up around. You saw it. I saw him doing it. Yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> I see him come home. You know, what I'm saying with money, money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he wasn't selling drugs and nothing like that. He right. had his own business. He was a, you know what I'm saying, uh, a barber. Yeah. So I'm like, man, you know what? That's one thing I always did too, was just cut hair on the side. I had jobs and stuff like that. I wanted to be a rapper and stuff like that, but I always cut hair on the sides, you know what I'm saying? Like he showed me this. I would literally sit in the barber shop and watch him cut. Right. So, you know, like uh, <clears throat> me growing up, I'm like, okay, I can get money in a barber shop and not be in the streets because I seen my pops do it. So let me let me take that route. Yeah. So yeah. So you you said um you said he respects me as a man and I, I understand that. Like me and my pops can't like I don't I don't have any dramatic story. Mm -hmm. I just I was a teenager. I didn't like the rules. I was ready to get out. I got out, did my own thing and realized that I probably should have listened to him uh -huh. a little bit early in life. What what was that process like? Was it a process for him to respect you like a man? Was there a period where Maybe you were just kind of doing your own thing and y'all to see eye to eye. Cause that's that's kind of my story. But yeah, it, what was what, I wanna what, say what like, was it like to come into that respect as a man and to have that relationship man to man? I wanna say, um I was like, I was in college. Hmm. I I'll say I was in college when we first actually got into it, got into it. Okay. Like I never got into it, like we got into it, you yeah. know. Uh but I was a kid. It was a lot of stuff I still didn't understand and nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? And he he uh he tried to tell me, but you know, I don't I don't wanna listen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but you know, now that I'm where I'm at, you know what I'm saying, I appreciate all that. Yeah. What uh what was the most expensive lesson you had to learn that you probably could have avoided if you listened to your father? Uh not money, but like the most like impactful I don't think I just really had one. Okay. I wasn't really off the chart. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like going the wrong way and then like he tried to, yeah, nah, uh-uh. I was always good. I was always a cool kid and you know what I'm saying? Level-headed and stuff like that. I ain't getting in too much trouble. Gotcha. You know, I just, um, I was in the streets and he didn't want me in the streets like yeah. that. He was like, you need to, oh, and he pushed me to be my own boss though. Okay. You know, his grandfather was, his own boss, you know what I'm gotcha. saying? So I think mean, it just that just runs in the family. I'm gonna push my daughter to be her own boss, you yeah. know? So Yeah. Yeah. So you um you said you was always good. Yeah. You said you was in the streets. Yeah. What did the streets cost you? Uh nah, I went in the streets like as far as like in the streets. I'm talking about in the streets, like just wanna go kick it, go go okay. go go. You know what I'm saying? Go have some fun and stuff like that. Okay. Instead of trying to make some money or do something for my my future. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I was just living in the moment. Gotcha. And I feel like all kids is, yeah, you know what I'm saying, at that, the time or whatever. But that's a very enjoyable part of life. Yeah. Man. As long as you can as long as you don't get out of those bounds as you were yeah. talking about, right? And sometimes it's not us that takes us that takes us out of bounds. Sometimes it's the people that uh we hang around environments that we put ourselves in. When did um so you said you were you were in college? What were what was college life like for my, you? <laughs> my college life was party, 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 party. That's all good waste. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like I, I I went to class, but I didn't go to class. 
You know, what that's, was your, that's, what, do you remember your first semester GPA? And I, I give you mine, so it don't sound like I'm coming at you. No, I can't. I, I really can't even mine, say that. Mine started with the point, not not digit point something. Yeah. It was zero point the other numbers, and I don't remember the other numbers. Yeah, I don't even know what the class or nothing. <laughs> Once I got my little refund check, I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the story like, I, I got the... my little refund check I was gone it was just party I didn't even stay on campus I had you know how like you know they had like those uh, apartments yeah. for like yeah. college students I had one of them so I didn't have no curfew yeah. I, didn't have, I didn't have to sneak no girl in my dorm or yeah. whatever I had my own spot yeah yeah. so like I said when I got that refund it was not like alright I'm gonna let y'all gotcha. you know and it forced me to go to barber school though because I, I, I needed to find something to do in my life my mom was okay. like I need to I need to do something what age is this where you pivot from? Or did you finish first and then go to barber school? I didn't finish school okay. at all. When you went to barber school, what 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 age are you at this point? Um, um, I went to barber school at the age of, I want to say I was 20. 20? Yeah, I was 20 yeah. when I went to barber school. And you were essentially on your own at this point? Or no, you still uh, kind of I was still at home with mom. Okay. Yeah. All right. Barber school, what was that process like? Barber school was cool. It's cool, man. But out of my class, I think I was um, one of the ones. It was two of us. And he actually working with me today. We started barber school in uh, 2010. Okay. And uh, usually it take you up. The, the fastest you can do barber school is like 10 months. Okay. The longest, like right of the year. Okay. Me and him did like two years in there. You know, but it was like a, a money situation stuff, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. We couldn't do it, but then we came back at the same time, and I think I finished like two weeks before him in okay. 2012. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, so from that point. From that point, I went and I worked at a shop in uh, DeSoto. Okay. <clears throat> the shop that I worked in in DeSoto, it was called Heads Up, and it was the, uh, the owner of that shop. It's crazy. The owner of that shop, he used to work in my dad's shop back in Arkansas. So he been knowing me since I was like a kid. Gotcha. So, you know, he allowed me to come in and um, you know, get my clientele up like yeah. with Boofriend. He looked out for me on Boofriend and stuff like that. I didn't have to pay so much, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh I worked there for a couple months until uh I went and I passed my test. So I stayed in Arlington, but I would drive to uh the Soto. Gotcha. So once I passed my test, I ended up coming over here to Arlington. Uh to the shop, it was called Wig Splitters. Okay. And the owner of that shop, he was in barber school with me too. Yeah. And my homeboy that I've been knowing that worked with me now, he was at that shop. So like I had I already knew everybody in that shop. And yeah. I was there for like five years before I got mine. I gotta tell you, man, like we were talking we were first uh before before we started rolling. <laughs> like when I moved here, I had the worst experience with barbers, man. <laughs> I was I was trying to I was trying to pay so that I could be a priority. Other than them just not understanding that, well, I couldn't develop that rapport. The cuts was trash, man. I thought all Texas barbers was. I was shook, man. Like I, I ain't. I was just giving myself the the take the the one guard back. Yeah. Because that was a better situation. Just murder one. Just go <laughs> better yeah. situation than the barbers. What, what, what do you think? Kind of separation. Number one is that off. Like I, I mean, are the most of the barbers out here trash? And I don't know if you uh, can say that, but I mean. Nah, you know what? <laughs> nah. It was a bad uh, situation. I really, I really don't pay attention to a lot of uh, barbers out here. Like, especially, I mean, you know, now 
being a shop owner, yeah. like, um, so yeah, I take that back. Now being a shop owner, like when I do look for barbers, I go look at their cuts or whatever. Um, but I don't see too many that's that's, that's trash. Gotcha. No, uh, like this, this tight, new, bro. this, this. Oh yeah, my shop man, like, mm. like people come see my my thing is this right here. Like, let's say for instance, you came to the shop. I don't just hire anybody. Right. So if you came to the shop and somebody, you know, messed your haircut up yeah. and like you go somewhere and people, you know what I'm saying, will say like, damn, like who cut your hair? You're not going to say that barber. You're going to shout it. You're going to say shop. the shop name. Yeah. You're like, oh man, over there, top off cuts. Yeah. And then, you know, that was just that one barber that, you know, said made it bad for all of us. Right. So my thing is like every barber in here can cut. And right. I made sure that before, you know what I'm saying, I let them come cut in here. So if you come in here, you can sit in anybody's chair. Like we go by appointments. Yeah. If I'm out of town and you really need your haircut, I can say, hey, go sit in ghost chair, go sit in sweet tea, Dre. Right. You know what I'm saying? Go sit in anybody's chair in there, key to we. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got you. Gotcha. You see yourself as a as as a leader? And if if so, is that is that a trait that you developed before owning your own shop mm -hmm. or was Do it I kinda... see myself as a leader? Yeah. I mean, because what you just described, like that's that's high level business, and it's not high level business doesn't necessarily mean a revenue number. It means you're able to duplicate a level of service yeah. that you can trust the people. Like that's the hardest part, from my perspective, of business is trusting somebody else with your name and your brand. Yeah. When they do something, they represent you. So whether whether you thought through it or not, like that's a, that's a that's a very high quality leadership trait. Have you ever nah, really just never, thought about that? Nah, I ain't never thought about it. <laughs> gotcha. I ain't, nah, I ain't never thought about that. What's been what's been the hardest part about managing a shop? Man, the hardest part about managing a shop, I I trying to make sure everybody, you know what I'm saying, uh, it's comfortable. Hmm. It's good where they at. You know, like if anything going on in the shop, I'm gonna fix it like ASAP. You know what I'm saying? Cause I don't want to That's more leader talk. See? I, I <laughs> guess so then, that's you know? more leader talk. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I guess so we'll see when when you have happy employees or partners or whoever however it's, you know, I don't know if they're um contractors or whatever they're called in the in the Yeah, uh, they be in, in the uh independent the contractors, contractors, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They all work for themselves. Right. You know. When you create a good environment, uh and the people and the people stay. I mean, that's that's leadership, man. Leadership is very important in uh in fatherhood, man. That kind of separates um different levels of, of, of fathers, man, the kind of leaders that they are mm -hmm. with their family. Mm -hmm. You got a baby girl, man. Beautiful baby girl, Appreciate man. Appreciate you. Thank Talk you. about that. What was that? What was that? Ex how has that experience changed you from, I don't know if you get the call, like that's so cliche. I, I got the call and she says she's pregnant. I don't, I don't know what the situation was, but what, however you got the, the message. That actually like, it was, it was crazy. Cause we was into it. Let's talk about it. Oh, okay. No, we was into okay. it. We were, we, we was really into it. Um, I can't remember what we was into it about, but like, uh, we was definitely into it. And, um, she was supposed to be leaving. Um, yeah, she was supposed to be leaving. She said she was moving to Houston and stuff like that, you know, for her oh, job. Leaving gone, gone. Gone, gone. Not going somewhere and coming yeah, back. Yeah, but see, <laughs> she like, right. yeah, she, like, yeah, but she didn't know either at the time. Like, gotcha. but like, you know, that that night we was into it, 
she she knew she was pregnant then, you know what okay. I'm saying? But she had already said she was going to Houston before she found out. Yeah. So like this night she was just like because we got into it and she was like she just leaving this and that. So like I I really remember I I remember pulling up and it was her and her mom uh getting in the car and he was putting stuff in the car and like as I was pulling up she was just going off or whatever and um and uh, I was I was getting out of the car. I went out too, and then she was like, she leaving, and she was like, oh yeah, and I left your ass something on the counter. Ooh. So I I didn't know like okay I don't know what the hell she left. She probably her keys or something like right. that. Cause I get up there and it's a whole pregnancy test, mm. and it was like a okay all right I'm sorry. Let's 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 make this work. Don't leave. Don't go nowhere. That you was your position. Yeah. Once gotcha. I found out, like I'm gonna have a child. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. And and from that point on, like everything was good. Yeah. What what got to the point of y'all being into it? Y'all realized it just weren't compatible. Or it's something it like as far as now or at that at then, that time, right? You said because I want to make sure I got the story right. You y- y'all was. I mean, it was into like it was like an argument, like we argue like sometimes, and she was just fed up with the arguments or whatever. So gotcha. like I don't I don't I can't. I don't know exactly what the argument was yeah, at that yeah. time, but like she was just fed up with it at yeah, that, yeah. that moment. You know, that makes sense. That, that's kind of what I was asking. Not necessarily the what that specific thing was about, but it was a chain of events that led up to that frustration. Yeah, but the baby changed things. Oh uh, yeah, for you at least, right? At yeah. least your approach to it. I, I feel like it changed. You know what I'm saying for her too. Okay, you know, like we both wanted that uh, family. Yeah. Like my mom and dad wasn't together, her mom and dad wasn't together, you know what I'm saying? We was like, okay, we're gonna, we gonna, we gonna make cycle. this work. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're gonna end that cycle, exactly. Yeah. But you know, sometimes it just don't work out like that. So what was it what was it like trying? I mean It was cool. It, okay. It's cool. It was it was cool. We we still had a lot of ups and downs or whatever, but like we made we made stuff work. Okay. She's a great mom. Dope. You know what I'm saying? Like she's a she's a good person or whatever. You know, we just have our ups and downs. We was together since like 2005. We was together a long time before we had our child. Gotcha. You know, so like, yeah. Gotcha. So y'all, y'all still on good terms? Yeah, we now? cool. We cool. Okay, cool I cool. can never bash her or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, she she cool. Gotcha. Sometimes we don't see eye to eye, but you know, that's that's just what it's going to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, she's moved on in life. I moved on in life or whatever, right. but we going to still have to communicate because we got this child. What, what's it like to do that? Um... Because it sounds like it's a positive representation of, of that shared, that mm-hmm. co-parenting. Mm-hmm. What are some of those key things that y'all are intentional about to make sure that life for, for your daughter is good? Um, co- I, I, just co-parenting is a big thing, and I feel like a lot of people should. That, that That's not what their baby mom or baby yeah. father... Like they need to get a hold to that man and 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 do that well. Yeah, they don't know how to do it. They just want to argue and stuff because one is mad that they're with this person, that person, and it's not even about that. Right, it's about your child. Yeah, you know, uh, we communicate well. That's the only thing we ever talk about. You know, it's um, I show so much respect to her. You know what I'm saying? For being the mother of my child. Right. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's all it should be. You know? That, that's super important, man. That's, because the, the yeah. res- respect goes, tends to go out the window quick when, um, 
when somebody's not happy about the situation, mm -hmm. right? And even if you're not happy about how the, how it ended, to have that level of maturity, to be intentional about making it work, I salute that. Yeah. I definitely salute that. And like that. I said, every, everything, it's, it's like cool. Like um, I'm not on no papers yeah. or nothing. We haven't been together since um, like 2020. 20, well, we broke up in 2016. Uh, my daughter was uh, one. Okay. And like um, at the end of 2017, I don't say we got back together, but we moved together so we can help each other out. Gotcha. And like once I got my shop, then I went on and got my own place and stuff like that. But um, and at the beginning of 2017, we came up with a schedule our own without the courts or anything, you yeah. know? And once this 20, 2022, we still rocking with the same schedule. Dope. You know, so. Yeah. What was the biggest change for you as a man when you became a father? Man, what changed? The biggest change for me, <laughs> stop going to the streets, <laughs> getting out the streets, you yeah. know? All that partying and stuff, like, I get called, like, the old man of the group because I don't really want to do nothing. Sweet but I feel time. like I did everything. Right. Like, I, I've done it all. Like, I, I went, I used to go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. You know? And, and um, to the point, like, I go out every once in a while now, and I still see the same people I seen when I was a kid. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It'd be a and it'd be a lot more younger people in there now, but like I still see like a lot of people, and I'd be like, you know what? I just want to travel. Yeah. That's that's all I want to do. I, I get want to do nothing else. But yeah, just getting out the streets. You know what I'm saying? That was my my biggest thing, and becoming a business owner. Yeah. I told I told T the guy that went to barber school mm -hmm. with me. Uh, I said, bro, I need to get my own shop. I said, I need to get my own shop. You know what I'm saying? And I got my my daughter and stuff. I need to get all this stuff together. I need to stop playing because I'm not living for me no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, not just me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. If I don't have my shop by 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 uh by Christmas, I think it was like October. I told him. I said, if I don't have my wow. shop by uh Christmas. I failed my daughter. I found the building before Christmas. Yeah. And what's crazy that 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 person was racist. They was racist as hell. The person that had the building. The person that had the building. Mm -hmm. So my 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 government name, you know, it was said, but my government name, when you hear my government name, like you know, uh, you don't know what you're gonna get. So everything was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do got a you got a neutral. Yeah. <laughs> you got so a neutral name. Everything, for sure. everything was cool until he seen me. Wow. When he seen me, all the tattoos and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying, my teeth or whatever, yeah. everything changed. Prices went up. Oh, it's going to be hard to get in here now, this and that. So, and it was a smaller shop too. I wanted to start off small and go big. Yeah. Uh, my dream was always to have a shop like this size though. Right. You know what I'm saying? So but nice I, just, I, want to, I want to start off small and, and grow bigger or whatever. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out for me. And I ended up being blessed with this shop. Dope. as my first shop you know but um i didn't get this shop until a month and a half later so i really really grind yeah you know what i'm saying so i was like i gotta get it together i got a daughter so yeah is she is that is she your biggest why yeah what do you want her to understand about you as a father in terms of the sacrifices that you're making now so that she has a better 
the most opportunities because you never know mm-hmm. what kids want to do, man. You, yeah. My, from my perspective, and I'm not projecting this on you, like I, I came to a realization that I want to create opportunities for my kids, right? So that they can find their passion earlier in life than mm-hmm. I did and maybe try to, not even maybe, figure out how to monetize around something that they love so that that part of life is not mm-hmm. so so difficult. And you know what? I think she found her passion. Really? I think she found her passion already. And and that goes, like, I'm an artist. Like, I do so much stuff, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, even cutting hair is an art. Right. You know what I'm saying? Music, art. Yeah. I know how to paint. I know how to draw. Uh, All like, this came talking, naturally to you? Yeah. Like, uh, before we started, you know what I'm saying, uh, about the shoes. Right. Customizing right. shoes and stuff like that. Like, uh, I do all that. Her mom does all that, too. So it's like she's at my house and she's seeing me doing it and she go home and she see her mom doing it. Right. Like she, she's been telling me for the past couple of days, Daddy, can you go buy me some shoes so I can paint on them? And she draws pictures every day, all day. If I'd say if, if if it was some paper and a pencil here right now, she probably would have drew y'all a picture and gave it to y'all. Like she loved doing it. So I feel like she found her passion with that. Like she say, I want to go to an art school. Yeah. Like, okay, baby, well, you guys, you got some time to go to. You just in the first grade, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where like she loves doing it, like teacher calls and say, yeah, she's just been drawing. I'll be trying to get her to do this. That's all she want to do. So, what, what what parts of you do you other than that? What characteristics of you do you see in her that make you just be like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Goofy. Goofy. Silly. Like. I like to have fun. Right. Like you'll see, man. You see my Instagram. Like I make like like TikToks and the reels and stuff like that. Yeah. I really got that from her. But I've always been like goofy and stuff, you know what I'm saying? My whole life, like to have fun, like to make people laugh. Yeah. And like, that's me. Right. That's me all day. Is like, that, is the is the TikTok thing a way that you and her bond? That's one of them. But okay. we just bond, what they say, your, your first daughter is the female version of you. Yeah. That's, that's, it just, yours like that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's so I, yeah, she's everything. That's just that's me. That's what that is true. And um, like I, th- I think I told you I got five, and I had girls first, and it made me so soft. <laughs> like I was so happy. I was so happy for the not the wrong reason. My son came along. I like finally I could be rough. I could yeah. You know, I could I could discipline him and all that because I just couldn't. I, I can't I can't beat my daughters. I just oh yeah no nah, I can't I, I, I can't, can't do, do none it. of that. Uh, the only thing I could do that I learned that I could just I could just look at her. It, it, see, that's the thing. And I raise my voice a little right. bit and she'll get right. Right. Like mine mine will start crying. They they they'd be so they'll be so disappointed in themselves that they disappointed me. Yeah. If I look at them that kind of way, that they'll just tear up. I wanna go back to um to music. I don't wanna glaze over that because mm-hmm. I think that throws an interesting dynamic in your life. Um as I mean, even as a father, what what was what has been your experience in in music? Are you still passionate about it? Not as I used to be, mm. and I can I'm, I can tell you like how I lost passion in it. Um, I don't know if you see the mural. Did you see that mural over there? That that picture on the wall over the there? Uh, no, it's, it's right there. But it's it's a picture of my brother. Uh, this person I grew up with okay. when I moved out here. He was killed uh, March fourteenth, twenty eleven. Wow. So um um. I used to rap with him, 
It was a group of us, and we call ourselves Top Off. He came up with the name Top so Off. Still lives on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Of course. Um, we started in 2008. Um, it was fun, man. Like late nights, just up rapping, making songs or whatever. And this is when we weren't going to studios. We had the 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 mic in the booth in the closet. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, fruit y'all fruity loops. Or? Fruity loops. All that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and uh, we made our own like little covers and stuff. We'll be up pressing shirts, like making shirts, going around, handing out flyers, doing like little parties and stuff with us rapping. It was fun, man. Right. It was really fun. Um, we made like parodies. Like I said, I'm goofy. So I take a song and like I make like jokes, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, just you know, you, you know parodies, or yeah, you know, yeah. just making funny songs or right. whatever. Flipping so uh, we did that, man. And I remember I, w I was in the club. I was in the club, and this person, this person stopped me, and they said, "Hey, I like that song that y'all did um, with the white boy in it. The white boy, uh, his name Bobby, Mister Nine Hundred Three. He can rap. He cold. Okay, you know what I'm From saying." Here? Um, he's from East Texas, okay. but he, he was, he's, he was out here for the longest. He was, he's a part of top off too. You know what I'm saying? That's my okay. brother. Um, yes. Yeah, so I was like, okay, big, you know? And then I remember calling JT is my brother who was killed. I remember calling him. I was like, Hey man, somebody stopped me in the club, man. We need to, uh, we need to, uh, we need to make another one. Right. So he was like, all right, then bet. He was like, uh, we can't do it today because I'm finna go to, uh, this taste this taste um, testing thing for Pizza Hut. He was like, my mama okay. signed me up to go do that, so I'm finna go do that, but we can we can do it later. Yeah. I was like, all right, bet. Um, one thing he did tell me was like, finish barber school. He younger than me. He was like, man, just finish barber school. You know what I'm saying? The rap stuff ain't going nowhere. Yeah. I was like, all right, bet, cool. Um, and then I talked to him then, that, that I talked to him then, and then like two weeks later, uh, my sister was in the mall and she ran into him and Bobby and uh, my other brother, uh, Coom. And uh, I'm like, y'all at the mall? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving barber school right now. I said, I'm finna, uh, I'm gonna meet y'all there. So as I was leaving out, somebody asked me to take them home. So I was like, from I barber bet school. from barber school. I was right. like, yeah, I take you home, but it was the opposite way. So like once I took them home, dropped them off, I was like, I'm not finna go to the mall. I'm finna, I'm finna go home right so i went home and they was at the mall shopping for a show that he had so i'm like i'm finna go home or whatever so i went home uh got up the next day went to uh went to barber school again and was gonna go to the show that night this is this is the crazy part this girl this girl i've been trying to talk to for the longest i'm talking about for the longest she finally came around and she was like what are you doing tonight and i was like i ain't doing nothing tonight you coming over right. it's a net so she was like yeah so i didn't i missed the show i didn't i didn't go to the show and he was killed that night at the show after, the, after show, the show after the show wow and i found out about it the next morning uh after that like the whole top off thing we had, it just died out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I went and I finished barber school. But uh, every year, March 14th and uh, October 16th, which is his birthday, we all came together. Gotcha. 
like all of us we'll come together and we'll just do something on them days or whatever and then like uh i think it was like 2017 uh well it was before 2017 but 2017 is we when we actually came back together and we made this top off stuff happen gotcha and we be doing everything like you got the uh, what you look at this right you know what i'm saying you got little runny um Bobby, he does taxes and all that. He got his own office and stuff like that. He sells cars. He name too, the to Top Off. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I open my shop, Top Off Cuts. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just do so much stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we keep we keep, we keep, keep that name alive and we keep him alive. Was that incident um, random? Or was there something before that, that kind of led um, to it? Not, not, it went on. not saying that he instigated. I don't want to know that. Yeah. But just... Was it a random act or was there some? It was just something stupid, man. Yeah. It was just something dumb as hell. Like it was over forty dollars. Wow. A Super Bowl bet. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It went on for like that, like a month. Cause you know Super Bowl is like what? February. February, beginning yeah. of February, right? So it happened. It started then, and then he ended up getting killed March 14th. So like a month and a, a week later, or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was just something real stupid. Wow. And you know, like uh. And he was really trying to avoid it. You know what I'm saying? He was like, bro, just. But I also heard, man, like, you know when it's your time. Like, you just, you know when it's your time. So you just, and like the stuff that we was reading, like when we was in court, like the stuff we was reading. Yeah. And he was saying, you know, I made my piece. Like, do what you got to do. You know? That was his conversation to the Yeah, he the was, do what you got to do. You know, he was, he was never scared about right. dying or anything. You know, how did that um, when you can't so you were doing music with him before that mm -hmm. took a pause, right? Yeah. After that, what was different about when you came back? So what brought what brought me back was my uh, my fam. He came. He moved out here. He had this thing called Cash Kings Entertainment, and he was like, "Man, Cuz, come rap with me. This and that. I know you ain't did it in a minute." You know what I'm saying? I got this going. I got this going. Because, like, I used to go to Arkansas all the time. And, like, I just pull over his house and he'll have a beat on. And we'd just be in there rapping and go stuff off. like that. So, you know, he was like, yeah. Um, um, come come over here with us. You know what I'm saying? I know this person. I know that person. We shooting videos, man. Like, top of the line videos. You know what I'm saying? And um, we got to go to New York for this and that. We got meeting with Def Jam Records and stuff like that. And um, and I did. Yeah. I did like two songs, and then when I did those two songs, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. But then you know the the top off stuff started to come back. So when the top off stuff top off stuff started to come back, I went back over there to home. So okay, so you started rapping outside of that collective. Yeah. And then, okay, 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 okay. And I went, I went back or whatever, and then like when we started, I probably make a song or two a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do it, but I don't do it. Now? now, or at, now, that time? now at that time. At that time, okay. Now, <clears throat> now because I, I got a buzz in it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, you hot. I ain't going to say I'm just hot. Well, you know, hot you know what I'm saying? I don't, do, I don't do enough to be hot, okay. you know what I'm saying, when it comes to rapping. Sure. Because I be doing so much other stuff. Like, rapping is just fun for me. Got it. You know? Um, uh, so when I... I did like a song or two, like a year, within a whole year. And um, when was it? When the lockdown happened. Yeah. I wrote a whole CD. 
and I put it out and I shot videos and that's when I got a buzz. Gotcha. And people was like, why you don't do this? You should do it. Like you go hard. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm hard on myself though. Like I'm like, well, I don't like my voice when I rap. I know I be saying some stuff, but I don't like my voice when I rap. So like, I don't be feeling comfortable recording and stuff like that in times, you know? Right. So, uh, but everybody, they liked it. And my first CD was titled after my daughter's name. It was called Montana. Gotcha. So then, you know, um, when people asked for another one, I did Montana too. So like when I did Montana too, in the midst of that, I was doing features. Gotcha. Like people would put me on a song. I'm on songs with other folks and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I be having my little times, my little my little moments or whatever. Like uh, <clears throat> I just did a song not too long ago. And I think that's the only song I did this year. Just one song. And I still need to shoot a video. I ain't shot a video for it yet. But I had that moment when I'm like, you know what? I want to put out a whole CD. Yeah. And I just be at the house and I just put a whole CD together. Is it something that is like that inspires you? You see something, you hear somebody else, or something happens in your um, life. Like, all my all my brothers around me inspired me. Yeah. You know, from uh Lil Runny to Stretch to uh Bree. You know, like they inspire me. And then like Pint, he don't rap, he shoot videos. I'm inspired, you know what I'm saying, to have a video because you know what I'm saying, he do it. Yeah. So like in you, some way you, they you, all inspire me. What do you what do you want for music at this point? Anything or Nah. I'm finna be thirty three. I'm just gonna get that up. Man, every time you say that, but you say it with such <laughs> I think you say it with a side. Like, 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 man, I got an old soul. That's all it is. I'm young. I'm young yeah. as hell. But it's like I got a I got a like an old soul or yeah. whatever. Me too. So at thirty you you about how to be thirty three. What uh how do you envision this next phase of your life? This um will ever evolve and hopefully ever maturing. What's the next the next phase for you that's gonna bring you joy or the level of success that you that means something to you? I don't know, man. No. I don't say too much. I really just go with the flow. Like I literally keep uh, I I say a lot of stuff in private. Okay. Uh, manifest, right? That. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I mean. and, and let it come, you know. Yeah. Uh and take time, you know. As we talked about before, like I'm working on something. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? I'm looking forward to, you know, doing that with child now. So love to. you know. But, Shout out um, to DFW film crew. By oh the yeah. Way. <laughs> Shout out to them boys. By the way. Um <laughs> that's dope, man. I'm moving into a phase now where uh like whatever I do has to have some meaning. Like it's oh, gotta yeah, be attached. To, for me, it has to be attached to my family. Not like I'm I'm a decade up the block from you. And I remember not being focused. I'm not not that you aren't. Mm -hmm. I was not as focused as you as 30. Like the number for me was like 40 when it clicked. Yeah. And then the pandemic came right behind that. And it was like, oh, slow down. Oh, what's important? The things that I was chasing, even in the corporate world, I was achieving them, but I, it was like empty. Yeah. Like now what? Right. Uh -huh. Are you, does fulfillment in life mean anything to you? And I'm not asking that like as a, I'm not gonna even say that. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't wanna suggest that you're not thinking about that or it's not important to you, but like how, what, what, what role does, when you're picking and choosing how you spend your time, whether you're conscious of it or not, there's a return on that time, right? And, and 
how important is it for you to spend time on things that's that brings you some kind of fulfillment and like where you feel more complete as a person if that even makes sense mm, it's important it's very important to spend on spend as much time on something that's going yeah it's important yeah. I mean, but that's a different stage yeah. of life because it's like there's the party and maybe the thought process is that the fun is the return when you party but then typically when you look back you're like eh yeah, yeah. wasting my time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Waste right? time. Yeah. So at some point, hopefully, you know, we become more conscious of, hmm, how should I occupy my time, man? I mean, it's is dope what you're doing here to be a business owner as a young black man, no matter how old your soul is, yeah. right? To have this, like, does this become a franchise or is this enough? Or like, mm-hmm. how do you, is this your way of pouring into other people? And then they go off and like the, like the branches from the tree that you exactly. create, like those kind of things. Um, if, if, if you, oh, go ahead. Definitely trying to franchise. Yeah. Definitely trying to get okay. that name out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a smart way to think, man. If you could, uh, resources aside, any constraints aside, Next five years, what would that look like? Next five years, what would it look like? Yeah, not year over year, but five years from now. If, if resources were an issue, time constraints were an issue, you could just do, be whatever you wanted to be. What would that look like for you? Man, good, man. I'd be out of here. Yeah? I'd be out of here, man. Five years without all, yeah, I'd be out of here. And I'd, every single last one of these barbers in here would be out of here too. Doing their own thing? Yeah. And you have a new crop thing- or- yeah, so my my whole thing, man, I want people I want people to come in here, build their names. Like you work you work in top out cuts. Gotcha. But you know, my thing is promote your brand. Right. Promote yourself. Yep. Because what I want to do is I want to get you to come in here and, and, and I want to groom you to become a young boss. Yep. And go out and get your own place. And I start over again. Yep. So I guess you're a leader. Yeah. It's funny how that all that's, comes yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, I'll come. I don't ever think yeah. of it like that, but that's definitely how I always wanted to be. Like every barber in here, I want them to leave and get their own shop, not leave and go to another shop. Yeah, because anything they ask me, I do for them. You know, I want to try my best to do it for them. That's leadership, and I probably I know so, I said it before. That's leadership at a very high level because um, some people think leadership is getting people to do what you want them to do. That's just the result of whatever your approach is. You can manipulate different situations, different scenarios, how yeah. you talk to people to get them to do that. But when you create an opportunity for them to find that fulfillment, whether it's working for you or elsewhere, mm-hmm. that's leadership at a very high level. And when you create that environment, sometimes you, you might find that you got to push people like, yo, bro, or yo, sis, you, like it's your time to yeah. go, right? Because they, they like the environment and they get happy. But when you can duplicate... Um, at that level, I think your franchise is gonna be a no brainer, man. I think that's 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 super dope. Yeah. What um we're gonna wrap it up, man. What 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 is the most, if you're aware of it, what is the most misunderstood thing about you? What is the most misunderstood thing about me? Yeah. Like the example, right? You gave where there was a, and I'm trying to frame it and give you time to think about that. Um, like your name is neutral, but when the when the the, the white owner or the, the white broker saw you, yeah. right? They had a perception uh-huh. because of 
what they thought about you or how you look. You say, like you said, the tattoos or what have you. Do you feel like there's anything that people just generally misunderstand about you? Maybe because you're so reserved or quiet, you reserve your thoughts for more private settings. I don't, I, I honestly don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Yeah. What's the most misunderstanding? You know what? Next time, um, we probably do another one. Yeah. We'll probably do another one. So I have an answer for you. But you know what's really <laughs> cool about that answer? Because I believe you're being genuine is that you're not even, it's, it's not even on your radar. That's not. <laughs> you know I'm, I'm saying? So you, I, I don't, I don't you know. You're doing your thing. You know. You, you busy being successful. Not worried yeah. about what other people think. I definitely don't. I think that's a really dope thing, man. I feel like you get behind, man, and you just, you don't achieve a lot because you're worried about what other people think. Yeah. You know, when did you learn that though? Have you always felt like that your yeah. whole life? Yeah, That's I'm like the thing. black sheep, the black sheep of the family. Yeah, I don't care what none of them say. Right, but I'm so successful. Right, you know. Yeah, if I care what a lot of people say or think about me, yes, then I probably wouldn't be in the position I'm in now. Yeah, because I'd be too busy trying to make them happy yep. and not myself. Yep. So, yeah. Stay on your own path, my brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate your time and your candid, man. For my listening audience, if you're on the audio platforms, make sure that you're following. Make sure you rate the podcast, rate this episode if you can. If you're on YouTube, what's good? I'm sure you enjoyed the visual experience. Again, shout out to DFW Film Crew, elevating the look, elevating the uh, just the quality of the show. And um, if you're on Roku, right? If you didn't know, this on network is, is budding on Roku. That's the whole play, people. I'm putting the network together because I can. And I wanna I wanna bring light, shed light on positive black images, positive black fathers, uh, and sons that are doing excellent things in the community, man. So you definitely qualify. Um He said he's gonna be on again, so we're gonna hold that to him. But for now, uh, we appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.